welcome everyone to Respawn Aim Fire. That was the worst siren. The third one. The third one was the best one. None of them. They all sounded like cancerous seals, though. Yeah, I'd say that's more accurate than a horn. That one was pretty good. Yeah, that was closer. Yeah, yeah. you got to hold just... one nostril closed. I'm Roger Klotz from Doug Hurts, don't it? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent <laughs> gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Chad Michael Innes. That's Holden DePardo. Bada-bing, bada-boom. And you're you, and that's why we love you. We have so much good shit to talk about today. Do you like the Atari VCR? Fuck you. <laughs> we'll talk about it, though. Do you like Metal Gear Solid? Do you love Sean Layden? So do we. R.I.P. We'll talk about that and more on today's Respawn He's Aim. He's dead. Fire. You don't know that? He hasn't tweeted since. <laughs> <laughs> they actually killed him. Like, shit, what do we do? I don't know. Just like, for now, put a tweet out saying he resigned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We've got a ton of stuff to talk to you about today. But we're going to start with the Nintendo Quest log. Yeah, we are. Nintendo is bringing brain age training to the Switch. This is from Matthew Handrahan at gamesindustry.biz. There will be IR camera integration. This is a brain train was brain training was a game that got brain super age. brain age. That's what I'm fucking thinking of. Yeah. Is brain training a different game then? No, they are calling it Brain Age, but they're calling it bringing Brain Train to Switch is the headline, but it is going to be called Brain Age. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought. Come on, Matthew Handrahan. That's the last time we pull something from you. <laughs> <laughs> we have something from him every week. He'll still be there. Don't worry, Matthew. Don't worry. <laughs> Brain Age is that game that, that blew up on DS, got a lot of people playing it that wouldn't normally play video games, which was really cool, and it turned out all of that shit is worthless and doesn't actually do anything for your brain anyway. Uh, it's like, hey, follow the bird, match this puzzle, do math real quick. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> this one will use the IR camera on your Joy-Con for simple math and rock, paper, scissor. Great. Well, they showed out the first patents for the Joy-Con, and even in the first introduction where um, Koizumi showed off the Switch and all the things you do with the IR camera, he showed off rocks, paper, scissors, and it took them two and a half years to finally put it in the game. Well, one two switch. They never made a three four switch light. Nope. Uh, so they had to delay it to whatever the next game was. Man, that was a good joke I just made. <laughs> 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 there will be some sort of mobile app support, perhaps to share your brain age with friends. Ooh, it'll probably get that's about as much in italicized saying maybe that's what's for. I have no idea. The whole advertisement no. was in Japanese. It's uh, it's going to be useless. I'm sure. Whatever it is. <laughs> it is coming to Japan on December 27th of this year, 2019, Lord of our Savior, Jesus Christ. No international dates were released, however. So, no. do you live in Japan? Do you have a Japan account because region-free Nintendo allows you to do that now? Great, you can download it. <laughs> I would love to take the uh, Brain Age test in Japanese and just bomb it really badly. Here's what you have to do. Get the Google Lens app on your phone. <laughs> and then brain age on your switch and you just translate the whole thing through your phone especially when it's speed and time based you're going to be you're going to fail well, that game very poorly the problem is you need to also write things in japanese characters kanji. and i definitely they're called kanji yeah, oh yeah kanji i'll definitely not be able to do that 
100% guaranteed. Is there a reverse that. Google Lens? <laughs> you write something in English and it writes it down for you in Japanese. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I actually want this to come to, to the West. I liked Brain Agent DS. I'm just surprised this is coming to Switch. This is the perfect game to bring to mobile. Like, there's already a market with Luminosity, Peak, and other kind of brain training apps yeah. that charge you 10 bucks a month to use them. Take that $5 subscription you have in Mario Kart, God. make a Brain Age app for, uh, for mobile, give that the $5 subscription fee, and you're an under you're undercutting the market. And they could do it. Why didn't they do that? I just don't see people buying... What Nintendo's doing with mobile now is what they should have been... Blah. What Nintendo did with the DS, with kind of those kind of casual-friendly apps, is what they should be bringing to mobile. This seems very backwards to me. Yeah. I honestly... But, I don't. I guess Luminosity is successful, but I don't see who would pay to make your phone make you do math. <laughs> those apps are successful, though. I guess they, they are. are. Plus, maps... Math, Blah, maps. Math is for nerds. Who needs to do that? Dude, fucking it's gross. Dumb. Just kidding. I love math so in school. Gross. Calculus. <laughs> I took two years of calculus just because I loved it so much. A, B, and B, C. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> Mario and Luigi Dev Alpha Dream. We're going Hannibal Lecter for that calculus. <laughs> uh, Alpha Dream files for bankruptcy. <laughs> Peter Glikowski tells us from Destructoid. This is the studio behind all of the um, DS titles, and I think maybe one was ported to Switch recently, um, the Mario and Luigi RPG games. After a morning, after, um, Jesus Christ, I drank a Coke Zero before we recorded this, and now my <laughs> mouth is talking faster than my brain can speak. <laughs> after amounting $4.3 million in debt, the company was forced into bankruptcy and will be officially closing. This is really uh, kind of weird to me that uh, they have done some pretty prominent things and some things that have been Mm -hmm. focused by Nintendo. Like they have been the forefront of a few Nintendo Directs or even some E3 announcements. Um, It's surprising to me to see that Nintendo isn't like bailing them out. And they're just like, we're just going to let you go bankrupt and... What's $4.3 million? Obviously, it's a lot of money to us, but to Nintendo... Right. And I think you're right. The games don't sell badly. The last game, the um, was it Inside Bowser? Yeah, that did not Bowser's do that well. Inside Story. But that wasn't because I don't think it was a bad game. It was because it came out on 3ds and people want to play games on Switch. Right. Exactly. So this is a shame. I yeah. have the feeling that these people might get absorbed by Nintendo, like the employees that work there might get absorbed into Nintendo. I just have the feeling that that might naturally occur. I I hope so. I never I have well here's probably why they're going bankrupt. I never played any of their shit, but I was never really big on the Because Chad anyway. never played their games. That's why they're going bankrupt. I am a social media influencer. I have 135 Twitter followers, so <laughs> <laughs> and literally hundreds of Instagram followers. Um yeah, I never played any of the stuff, but for the most part everything I heard about them was that they were quality games. Yeah, largely quality games. Unfortunately, that's not enough anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, sorry, last thing I'll say about it. For all the shitty Kirby games we get, (laughs) (laughs) all these piece of trash Kirby games that are coming out month after month, and this flies under the radar and just completely 
disappears into the night. Shame. 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 That's Game of Thrones right there. Yeah, it is. Speaking of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones was noted for its sword and shield combat. Most of which you couldn't see in the dark on that episode because HBO has terrible compression. Sword and Shield from Pokemon. There's a lot of info that dropped from the 24 Brilliant hour. Segue. Thank you. Thank you. There's a 24 hour live stream on Friday, two days before we're recording this episode. And uh, there's a Game Informer interview. Game Informer interview we're going to talk about as well. So there was a the just a live stream of a camera in the middle of one of the open areas. <laughs> And you could just see some shit happening, Pokemon running across the screen. And there were a few... Uh, let's talk about that first, the 24-hour live stream, and then we'll talk about the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, there are a few things, such as the Galarian Ponyta. Apparently, people... I saw pictures of it. People are going fucking ape shit over these ponies. <laughs> they uh, basically look like little... They're adorable. They're like little baby unicorns because they have like really like multicolor manes of fire and things like that. They look adorable ape. F. And they're like tiny ponies, like little Sebastian. Uh, there was a lot of other things to running by, but uh, that was the one I saw that most people were freaking out about. That was the only new Pokemon shown off. Was it? The only other Pokemon shown off were Pokemon that ex- already exist in prior generations. Excuse me, that are returning. Oh. So Maybe I just didn't recognize Pokemon. the old ones because I never played like half the Pokemon games. Yeah. Um, yes! Then we got some news from the Game Informer interview because Pokemon Sword and Shield is the cover issue for November? October? Today's, this is October. Hi. Welcome to October. October. Um, we got some news there. New updates on Pokemon Sword and Shield include 18 gems, caveat, maybe not, changes to experience share, and new battle mechanics from David Gill at Dual Shockers. Uh, apparently, there will be 18 types of gyms that will spread across major and minor leagues. So not necessarily like a, f- a full-fledged Pokemon league with a Pokemon master. Uh, Sword and Shield will feature different gyms in each league. Update from David Gill at Dual Shockers. Pokemon Sword and Shield won't have 18 gyms after all. In the lore of the Gala region, there are 18 gyms. But only, quote, a similar amount of gyms to battle as prior games will make it into the final game. So probably around eight. I was really devastated when I heard the update because my number one thing with the whole Pokemon franchise is I started off with gold or sorry, silver version. So I was used to 16 gyms and every other Pokemon game, like half of a Pokemon game to me. So I'm like oh, 18 gyms. I'm now, this is my, now I'm so hyped. I can't wait. Like <laughs> I'm so excited. And like, I actually just, by the way, it's just how you, you always had it like, damn it. Yeah. No. But here's the thing though, is that there technically are more than eight gyms that they made for both games. Right. Because there will be different gyms in each game. Not entirely, but right. there'll be some that are different between the, there'll be some gym leaders that are exclusive to swords, some that are exclusive to shield. Yeah. Why not just put them all together and make it more gyms? You know what I, I kind of would love? So bad. I would love if we saw like, I don't know if this is something now that it's on Switch they might look into, but I would love to see a DLC pack of a new area of the region to explore with a few more gyms or like a post-game oh. league. Or I've been since I think I've said that on the podcast before. I think we had like a "What We Want in the Future," and that was my exact thing I wanted was just make Pokemon start off with the Kanto region, and the next year Johto is DLC, and then Hoenn is DLC the year after that, and then just each year you re-add in these regions, and you have your own Pokemon trainer that goes through, and it's their Pokemon journey. Travel regions, that'd be dope. I'd love that. 
Hell yeah. It won't be as profitable, though, as just releasing two games. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and two so games I'm, now I'm that bummed. you don't even get the same experience on both. Like, different yeah. gym leaders. Now you gotta buy both to play, fight all the gym leaders. Yeah, I have no problem with different Pokemon in each one. That's fine. Having different gym leaders, I think, is a little bit different, but... I think I'm just saying that because I would rather just have more gyms. And it's, it just makes so much sense in the original story. There'll be major and minor leagues. Like, maybe you have to complete the minor league to get to the major league or something like that. Like, that would be really sick. I would like that a lot, but they're not doing it. And I just that got me so excited. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm like, kind of bummed. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that major and minor league is not just a reskin of the eight gyms in the Elite Four. Like, you have to beat the eight minor league in order to get to the last four major league things, and you got to beat them all in a row. Like, I hope it's not different terms for something we already have. Well, that's been kind of the trend of this game, is yeah. just renaming things that largely exist already. Let us hope. We've debated a little bit about that, but I think we can agree that they're largely the same. <gasps> Sorry, segue. Non sequitur. Frozen 2 is coming out in November. Oh, Affable oh, idiots! Right before the show, oh, we were talking about we were talking about movies coming out this year that we could all talk about, and, get, and it, we didn't even mention Frozen Two. I would be in that review. I'll tell you right now, I would tank it. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so good. Anyway, back the to Pokemon. Only thing I liked about Frozen One was the snowman that wants to live in summer. I thought that was hilarious. Everything else, I'm like, eh, it was yeah. all right. Movie fucking rocks. I just got it on 4K this week. 4K blue. So happy for you. Steelbook, baby. Back to Pokemon Sword and Shield. A couple of other things. All Pokemon will gain experience in your party without needing an item called experience sharing, which is, I think for me, it, it's 100% what I want. I don't want to have yep. to go and like put a Magikarp at the beginning of my party and then switch him out at the very first move to make sure that he can level up to Gyarados. Like, I'm glad we're modernizing it. Uh, this the experience yeah. share item made that possible for a while, and now I'm glad it's just part of the game. They used to give it to you early on. It just makes sense just to let you do it, as yeah. opposed to like having to activate an item that you're going to keep on the entire game anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was listening to Kind of Funny Games Daily with um, Odell something. Adele, Adele, Adele for those originals. No, I can't remember his full name, but he's a huge Pokemon guy, and he was. There were parts of him that were against it. Because apparently, if you just level up, if you're really into competitive Pokemon, there are parts of your Pokemon that you have to level up differently. Like, there are EVs, um, and rather than them getting experience from general battles, you, like, you want to level them up in a certain way. I don't know. It was all over my head. But I think for the average Pokemon fan, this is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, there will be no HMs. This is a trend we've seen since Sun and Moon. They had rideable Pokemon, and then Let's Go had just, you know, your partner Pokemon can learn all these things similar that weren't actually HMs. And so, uh, glad to see that's returning for Sword and Shield 2. <laughs> and then there's autosaving. Thank America Ferreira for autosaving in Pokemon <laughs> so we don't have to go and into our menu and save or we fucking Game Boy dies or small side note as well. You could tell in high school I was really cool. The very first time that I ever drank. No, this is the second time I ever drank. It was senior year of high school. And my friend Tim and I, my best friend at the time, we were like, oh, man, my parents are gone for the weekend. My uncle Dwayne is the only person that's going to be home. He's a good way to get. So he got us some. Uh... You just totally outed your uncle no. for committing a felony. No. 
Uh, we got some alcohol somehow. Actually, no, it actually wasn't even from him. It was. From it wasn't a, the uncle that I just mentioned. From to you. Somehow, a it was a coworker at Domino's actually who did it for me. Oh, okay. Um, Named Uncle. But we made Jaeger bombs, and I we did, but with Ooh. Jaeger and Monster. But we also had never really had them before. We had no idea, so it was just half Jaeger, half Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> it was awful, awful. <laughs> But the whole time, my best friend Tim is playing Pokemon Blue on his Game Boy Color. <laughs> That's how cool we were. Getting drunk, playing Pokemon on our Game Boys. That but sounds like fun. He kept dropping the Game Boy, and every time he dropped the Game Boy, it would reset the game, and he would lose all of his progress that he made. So autosaving could have really helped in that situation. Yeah, it, autosaving could really help drunk minor teenagers. From go. losing their progress in Pokemon. This there is important stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they made this for. They made it for drunk teenagers who shouldn't be drinking yet. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, dope. Glad that's coming. And then finally, oh shit, I didn't actually read this article, but Sword and Shield's max raid battles could be the among Pokemon's most challenging encounters, says Brian Shea from Game Informer. The Can headline really says it all. Yeah. Yeah, it just means that like the the max rate battles are kind of meant to be some of the most intense you know battling experiences you're going to get Pokemon more extreme than the Elite Four, depending on which rate it is. Some of the raids will be easier, but there are some that really push the limits of what's been difficult in a Pokemon game before. And that's also the only way you can obtain Gigantamaxing Pokemon, right? Yeah, it's from beating them in a max rate battle. I know how much you love Gigantamaxing. Gigantamaxi pad for the heavy flow months. So stupid. So stupid. Speaking of stupid, let's talk about playtime in this game. Trover saves the universe. No, we're not going to. We're going to talk about that last in my group. Let's talk about what you played first. Okay, fine. I didn't play that much, so um, I started Battle Gear Solid. I started playing it, so getting an early start for uh, for Barf. This is very early for me. Uh, Played some Apex. Hold on, hold on. Why are you playing Metal Gear Solid? Oh, because it's our Barf for the month. Our backlog accomplishments with respawn and friends. Where can people go if they want to play along with us or suggest further games in the future? Patreon.com forward slash. Is it Respawning Fire? Is the name of the show? Yep. Respawning yep. Fire? Perfect. Yep. Don't do Patreon.com forward slash. Respawning Fire is a Respawning Fire. Is that the name of our show? Don't type that in. Just do right. Patreon.com forward slash Respawning Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Just to alleviate confusion. Yeah. And uh, don't do slash the symbol i want you to find a picture of slash the musician yeah paste him into the address bar (laughs) (laughs) that would make it stop it it. keep going the the joke is dead (laughs) so i played dead before i got the photo (laughs) build your salad and then apex lesson season three i played a little bit of that with alex kozina we played that for game night and Chad hey, what if Michael people want to play along with us for game night? Where do they go? <laughs> Patreon.com. Image of slash dot JPEG. Respawn Fire. Yeah. That's where we go. Poor Alex. He, yeah, he had to play with us, and uh, we, we are not good. terrible. Like, I was level, like, four. <laughs> you were level seven or something like that, and he was level 41. And it was like... <laughs> We were so awful at the game, but he was so good. He was so nice about it. Didn't say a word, except for when I left. He's like, all right, now the Chad's gone. Hopefully, we'll get somebody else who's much better as a rando. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It was earned. It would have been earned if I left as well, because we were both not that great. What did you think of Season 3 versus Season 2? I I mean, the biggest thing for me to pay attention to is the map. And I really did like the map a lot. It seems a lot more diverse. 
the locations are kind of more fantastical than they were before, whereas the first map was kind of drab and deserty like. Uh, there are some forest areas as well, but this has like snowy areas and lava areas and just there's kind a of big felt, leaf. There's a big leaf, a giant leaf we finally landed on and then slid directly off of. So yeah, so I, I liked I liked it. Um, it just is kind of more apex. It's but the only thing is is that I think people have gotten really good at Apex Legends. Yeah, and I haven't. Yeah, we. I have. I played zero outside of our game nights whenever we play it, and I am not good. I was never good, and I have not gotten better. <laughs> I also played some Mortal Kombat Awakening. I'm not done with it. I've done three runs. Oh my god! I did the normal hero. Um, sorry, I did the normal normal mode. You can no normal, longer like, complain about staying up till two in the morning doing homework anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I did. I, I did the three heart challenge on hero mode with no fairies. And let me tell you, I get to the final boss and I died like ninety something times. I beat the game just in the final boss, one hundred and forty eight deaths. Because the final boss is a fucking asshole on three heart challenge. Fucking dick. He's a huge asshole. I hated him. I already forgotten what the final boss was. It's like the the black magic-y thing that oh, like, transforms. Oh, yeah. yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta figure so, out which weapon to use on which form of them. That was a fun one to figure out. Yeah. The secret to that boss is the boomerang. The boomerang is the best weapon against if that. If you got the boomerang. Yeah, but it's not that hard to get. So I did that, and then I decided, oh, I heard there's a secret ending if you beat the game without dying. So I'm like, really? I'm gonna try that next. So I beat the game without dying, and let me tell you something. Um, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> In the ending, all it is, I'll just tell you right now, if you don't want to know, stop listening for literally 10 seconds, because it's all it'll take to explain this. In the credits, after the credits are done, Marin winks at you, and then she fades out and a seagull flies by. Oh my That's god. It. That's it. That's the only difference. What a waste. What a waste. But it was fun doing it without dying. Also, you go through it a lot faster when you already know exactly what to do. Oh, I'm sure. And you don't die any at, at all. So, so yeah, that's what I played this week. Great, great. Oh, um, I do have a final thought, though, is yeah. that Link's Awakening, definitively for me, is not among the best 2D Zelda games. It's a really, oh, really good shit. 2D not Zelda game. Not even among the best. Not even among the best, because it's just too easy. It's far too easy. I think There's no threat or danger when you're exploring the world. You, It's just not... I don't know. It's a beautiful world. The music's fantastic. The dungeon designs are fantastic. Especially the last two dungeons in particular are really, really good dungeons. Eagle's Tower and the Turtle seventh Rock. dungeon broke me. It yeah. broke me. That was the... even when on my third time doing it, I'm like, okay, so I have to fucking bring the ball down over here, throw it across that way, and you still have to think about it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But I, I still think that like between worlds, Link to the Past, the Oracle games, I think they're still all better. I haven't played the and Oracle I, game since I was a fetus. <laughs> the Oracle <laughs> games are really fantastic. I want them to remake them that way. I also realized, too, I think 2D Zelda games, like, one of my favorite ways of playing Zelda. The more I th- thought about it, I'm like, I get more enjoyment out of a 2D Zelda game than a 3D one, generally speaking, outside of Breath of the Wild. Because that kind of combines what I like about the, the 2D games with Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Is this more freedom to kind of go around, do what you want, um, I think the puzzle designs in 2D Zelda games are, are far better than they are in 3D ones. I think they're just better, more solid games. They might be shorter, but I think they're really good. Interesting. And Planet Awakening can maybe realize that. Cool. Yeah. CTs. 
It's abbreviation for cool titties, as the kids say. <laughs> Next up, here's what I played this week. I played, yep, Apex Season 3. I played, uh, here. so Apple Arcade has gotten a few new games on it. And I was browsing through the store. I found like five more things that I'm interested in, downloaded them, but still only played Grindstone. So, (laughs) (laughs) lots of things I would like to play, but I'm obsessed with Grindstone. Um, But I did notice that my Apple TV updated itself, and now uh, these experiences are available on Apple TV as well. So, I'm going to pair one of my three Xbox controllers I have for some reason. Uh, to my Apple TV, and I'm going to use that and see how they are on the big screen. I'll report nice. back next week. And then, Beat Saber, Panic at the Disco. They just released a new song pack with four songs from Panic at the Disco. That's what that acronym means. It's very confusing. Yes, P exclamation point, because it's Panic exclamation point at the Disco. And then they use the at and then TD. Makes sense now. That's their abbreviation, not mine. I was going um, to like, is that um, Keep going, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I won't go there. I say this every time they release new content, but it's the most fun new content. The most fun <laughs> content of the game. I was playing especially... Fuck, I can't remember the name of the of it. It was the... I can't remember the name of the song. Because it's all not music that if you were... I was a fan of them largely when I was in high school and early college, and I haven't listened to a lot of their new stuff. So I didn't recognize almost any of their songs, which was great because that made it really uh, fun for me to go and experience all of this as new. Uh, High Hopes. High Hopes. That song was fun. That was the only one I did recognize. But here's the thing, Holden. Not only were these fun as fuck, I was playing them, smiling, giggling the whole time. But two of the four songs, the very first time I load them up, play them on Expert, I double S ranked those shits on the first try. Had no idea what was going to come at my face. That's You're just a said. god. I'm just so freaking good. The other two I only S-ranked, but these two I double S-ranked on the first Only try. S-ranked. But then High Hopes was such a fun track that I'm like, and I double S-ranked it. I'm like, I'm going to try that on, there's a modifier you can put on to get a little bit more points if you'd play it on faster speed. So I think it's like one and a half times speed as they're coming at you. And I was like, oh shit, that was super fun. I think I got a... A B rank on that, maybe? No, no, I S ranked that one. I didn't double S, but I S ranked that one. So fun. And then I'm like, I'm going to play Expert Plus. Expert Plus, if you aren't familiar, came out like eight-ish months ago. And it is insane. It is ridiculous. It is impossible. And I've never been able to even get to the end of a song. On High Hopes, after three tries, I got through the song. I had a D rank on it, but I got through the song and it was a fucking blast. I can't wait to go back and finally like make a, a good-ish score on that song. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> I'm great. I'm amazing. Everyone bow down. I didn't realize you were having a hard time with Expert Plus. I thought you like were nailing that shit too. Oh, no. Expert Plus is like, if you want to kill yourself, this is a, a way to do it. And I've, <laughs> I've never been able to finish a song on Expert Plus. Have you ever have you ever tried it in any of the demos that you've been given? No, I, any demo I've been given has been hard or normal. Oh man, Expert Plus is literally it's impossible. Um, then I played Trevor Saves the Universe. This is the third VR game from Squanch Games. Justin Roiland, the team behind Rick and Morty. They had Rick and Morty VR. They had Accounting Plus, 
and now they have Trover. This game actually came out like in May, I think it was, around the same time as Blood and Truth. And I got them both very excited to finish them. I decided to play Blood and Truth first, and then I had that game-breaking bug, and I had to go back and restart it. And then, anyway, this flew into the radar. I never started it. I was playing Beat Saber, and I was like, you know what? While I've got the helmet on, maybe I should go ahead and try something else out that I haven't played yet. This is the funniest game I've played in, in years and years. I'm sitting down in my room in pitch black darkness, the door closed, silence because I don't have the TV on because there's no reason to if I just have my headphones and the headset on. And I'm sure my roommates are thinking that I'm the fucking Joker in here. Just silence and then laughing at nothing, like busting at the seams. Here's the premise of this game. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, you will love it because it is just a shit ton of stream of consciousness dialogue similar to where they have like the the interplanetary or intergalactic ads where they're just like, this is what TV is like all across. And it's just a whole episode of just ads from other universes and it's just nonstop ridiculousness. That's kind of what this game is with an actual game around it. This is the first of the three games they've released that actually has gameplay and not just you're going through scenes and doing chores. Uh, so the setup for this is you're what they call a chair opian, which is a race of people who sit in chairs all the time. They all, all they know how to do is sit and they kind of float around similar to like Wally where they float around in their chairs. Uh, and then one day this giant, uh, I think his name is Galactorp or something. It's all so stupid. The name's Galactorp or something like that comes and he's a giant like chicken nugget looking guy with a beak and weird man boobs and he comes down and he has his holes for eyes and he steals your two dogs and he puts them in his thing as <laughs> as eyes his eyes are two dogs <laughs> and that for some reason makes him so powerful he becomes a god and he's wreaking havoc so the whole thing is just about <laughs> taking on this giant guy who's now a god because he has your two dogs for eyes <laughs> you're right right You've explained a lot of these guys' games to me in VR. They all sound trippy just like that. Yeah. I think these guys just really want to have the most ridiculous acid trips ever. So they'd like to, oh, hey, yeah. make this game, then we'll take acid and play the game. <laughs> well, that's... So you're controlling a guy named Trover. And we talked about, uh, when I was originally mentioning this game and how I was excited for it, we talked about how to record the dialogue for Trover, which is a purple humanoid-looking guy, except for he has holes for eyes... But his are filled with power babies instead of dogs. <laughs> and power babies are little jelly bean looking things that are, <laughs> that are about the size of a baby. And they have a face and you just put them in your eyes. And so he has two babies for eyes. And so that's Trover. This is the most ridiculous game. So you control <laughs> Trover in a similar way to um, like you would control Moss. Where you're like a more okay, it's kind of like Moss or like Astrobot, where you're like this god type character and you're controlling them, um, and then you bring Trover to like warp points, like little points on the ground, and he you can then warp to those points if you want. Um, so you're controlling him, but the way that they recorded Trover's dialogue is they literally just had Justin Roiland, who voices a, most of Rick and Morty and a lot of the characters in this too. He just had him play as trover running around and as he saw shit in the world he's just stream of consciousness talking and they're just recording all of that and that's the dialogue that trover uses (laughs) um 
so it's hysterical. There are a couple of things that I want to just mention. They're not really spoilers. The first one is the literally first thing that happens in the game, aside from the guy stealing the dogs and putting them in his eyes, is you're sitting in the chair because you're a chairopian. You're mourning your dogs being (laughs) stolen. And you're watching this Jerry Springer type show. I think I've talked about this on the podcast too, but you're watching this Jerry Springer type show and there's a guy and a girl arguing. The guy's like, God, what kind of wife are you? I can't believe you would do this in this relationship. All I want you to do is rotate your chair. That's all I want from you. She's like, well, maybe I don't want to rotate my chair. I don't want to use the right thumbstick to rotate my chair. Who would do that? And ah, How dare you? You know, all I want you to do is use the right. And they just banter back and forth. I'm a strong, independent, yellow, independent, strong, yellow woman. And I don't want to rotate my chair. That's rude. I don't want to be rotating all jiggly <laughs> with my right thumbstick, rotating my chair with the right thumbstick. And they literally, I was like, how long are they going to go? How much banter do they have? I literally sat there for about six minutes <laughs> until I was like, all right, I think I might have heard that line before. And then I rotated the chair. And then, uh, <laughs> so I rotate the chair and you rotate around to your desk. And then they're like, you know what else I wish you would do? I wish you would use the R2 button on your controller to look at things on, examine them on your desk. You never do that. Oh, how, you've never mentioned that you want to. And so I was listening to all of that. And then eventually <laughs> after about three or four minutes of that and me just sitting in a chair, staring at a desk, giggling, they're like, you know, no, you know what, honey? We got to get ready. We got to get ready. We have that staring contest tonight. We got to practice for that. All right, here we go. One, two, three, two, one. Let's go. Stare. And then that's where they break it. So literally almost like 10 minutes of recorded dialogue just to tell you to rotate your chair and use the R2 button to look at shit. <laughs> and so I'm playing this game and I've played it for about four hours now. It's, it's a three to five hour game. I assume it's going to take me about seven or eight hours because... There are so many moments like this where I'm literally just stopped in the world listening to dialogue of random characters around me. Another really great one. Uh, I'll only mention this one. There's two enemies who are up on top of a castle wall that they're guarding. And you see them from afar and you can hear them like, oh man, I'm just so bored up here. And the other one's like, yeah, I know you're bored, but we got to do this. We got to defend the wall. He's like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just, you know... We're up here. We've been standing here looking out for some kind of hero and nothing's happened for who knows how long. Yeah, I know, but it's our job. You're like, haha, that's funny. And you approach. Like, oh, look, there's that piece of shit little purple guy and then the chair opian. What are you guys going to do? Try to get past our wall? Don't you even know what a wall is? A wall? It's a, it's, there's a wall here and you're not going to, you can't get past <laughs> it because it's a wall. Dipshit. Can't dig under it. You can't go through it. <laughs> you don't even fucking know what a wall is. This guy. And they do that, and they banter back and forth with you a little bit. And then they just like, yeah, this guy, idiot. Hey, man, I was meaning to ask, you know, how are you feeling about the, the diagnosis? And the other guy's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. What are the doctor? You know, you get those lumps. And then you start thinking about, like, you know, we're both clones of the same thing. Like, why am I different? Why do I have a lump? And it's, it gets to him. He's like, I know, man. I understand. You want a massage? Yeah, I want a massage. And they start massaging. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, this is the longest massage of all time. And they just banter about the massage for a while. And then they're like, oh, my God, did you see that episode of, of Klorpfeld last night? <laughs> yeah, Klorpfeld. Here's my impression. Was, oh, Klorpfeld. Oh, what about Klorps? <laughs> and they're doing Seinfeld impressions. And they're like, <laughs> who, wait, wait, who am I? I'm the guy from uh, across the hall. I'm, I'm, I'm Klorpfer. Uh, uh, what's, what's going on? Where's my Klorp? Uh, 
And it's just like the worst impressions of Seinfeld. And that was literally like 10 to 12 minutes of me just standing there watching these two guys <laughs> talk on top of it, laughing my fucking ass off the whole time. Um, so if that's your jam, if you like Rick and Morty, if you like nonsensical, non sequitur, random ass shit, it's great. The actual gameplay part of it is you're running around the world trying to stop or get enough like whatever the fuck things in order to get your doggies back. Throughout the world, you also have to get super or power baby that you have to find power babies that are hidden throughout each level as well. And there's usually like 30 of them and they can be anywhere from like floating around or like uh, and you have to look at them with your VR headset and suck them in. You can, by the way, also play this game on the TV. You don't have to have a VR headset to play this on PS4. But I'm sure it's not as good. Um, and then you have to like fight things. But as you get these super ba- or the power babies, you absorb them into you. And then they get descriptions. And every single power baby has a laugh out loud hilarious description about it too. And so I get a power baby. And then Trover's like, oh, fuck yeah. You, you got that, that power baby? It may, I mean, I had to trudge through a bunch of shit to get there. And that shit's like made from power baby's guts. But god damn it. Good job, dude. I swear to God, if you get all of them, I'll give you something really good at the end of this level. But, like, you got to get them all. And if you don't get them all, that's okay, too. But, like, fuck you. And then you read the description of it, and it's like, this this power baby uh, was, (laughs) like, loves eating his own poop flakes off of his bottom or something like that. But at least he has a job. You should get a fucking job. And, like, half of the power baby descriptions are just yelling at you for not having a job. (laughs) This game is straight up my alley. It's hilarious. And I can't fucking wait to play it through once, play it again the second time for the Platinum Trophy. And then there's a downloadable thing that's like just called Jopo Pack. And it's like, play as Jopo. I don't know what the fuck Jopo is, but I can't wait to find out. <laughs> and that's it. Sounds very excite. Yeah, much excite. So V, excite. So that's what I played this week. I'm looking forward to playing more. Uh, but for now, let's jump into our fetch quests. Starting with Bungie, plans to release new IP within the next five years. This comes from Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. Bungie, now that it is an indie studio, that's weird to think about, no longer mm-hmm. under Activision, decided it's going to be a major, I forget the, the words that they use, but they wanted to become a major entertainment like conglomerate or something like that. Like They want to be up there with Marvel and with the big names in video games. Like They want to be that kind of thing. So... Too bad they don't have Halo anymore. <laughs> right? But they have Destiny. They have the know-how from Halo. And they're going to have whatever this new IP is in the next five years. Pretty cool. Microsoft details Xbox games with gold titles for the month of October 2019 from Jordan Biazzo at Game Ranks. And these are meh. Tempo, the badass elephant. I wouldn't even say meh. It's not a good selection this month. I don't know. Reading Tempo, the badass elephant kind of makes me want to go try it now. Friday the 13th, the game, which we played, which was it was a lot of fun if you have a lot of friends to play it with. Disney's Bolt. Great. <laughs> and Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge, arguably and critically the worst Ninja Gaiden game. Hence why this is not a great month for Games of the Gold. Yep. Oh, and I'm so fucking pumped for this. Iron Man VR blasts off in February from ONS Good. Polygon officially coming out October 28th. Or sorry. <laughs> February 28th, 2020, exclusively for PSVR. I have a week to beat Last of Us 2. Although, oh my god, sorry, my window's open because it's hotter than Hades' vagina balls in here. Um, February 28th is a week after Last of Us. I have the day off of work for Last of Us at least date, and then the whole weekend, I can do it. I can fucking do it. 
Hold in. Oh, this is all for you. Animal Crossing yes. New Horizons, Luigi's Mansion 3, and more to be featured at Nintendo Live 2019. Whatever that is, says Ryan Craddock from Nintendo Life. Talk me through this because I know you got a big old baby boner. Yeah, actually reading this now, realizing I said earlier that, that the Brain Age game is called Brain Age. It's not called Brain Age. This is one of the games going to be featured at the event. And it's going to be called Train Your Brain, Nintendo Switch Training for Adults. Uh, that'd be playable. <laughs> Sorry. Very catchy name. Nintendo Switch Training for Adults. I feel like that is just like... That is... That's something that you would find on a... Remember what I named our game the other day? I named our game... Game Mag Mad Libs, a literary adventure for excellent fun. That's what I feel like this is. <laughs> I feel like Sacha Baron Cohen would have named the game this. <laughs> yep. Sorry, continue. Uh, other playable games at Nintendo Live are going to be Luigi's Mansion 3, Ring Fit Adventure. They're going to be... <laughs> I thought they are going to show off some footage of Animal Crossing. People are getting very excited. All that's going to be Animal Crossing is you can take a photo with Tom Nook. Oh. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's like one of those Disneyland ones, not like a, an AR based or a cardboard cutout. I hope it's like a big giant furry one. That'd be cool. I don't know what's going to happen there. But yeah, we'll still probably get some more information about those games uh, on October 13th and 14th in Kyoto. It'll be in Japanese, though, so we'll have to kind of wait for it to translate it and all that stuff. But You'll have to hold up the Google Lens yeah. to Tom Nook's face so you can see what he actually looks like <laughs> in America. Untitled Goose Game is a huge success, Team says. It can keep making games as long as it likes. This is from Ryan Craddock at Nintendo Life. I downloaded this, and I cannot wait. Yeah, I was going to say, when are you going to play this game? And you yeah, haven't played it yet. As soon as Borderlands 3 is done. I didn't put this in playtime, but I played like seven more hours of Borderlands 3, and I'm like two-thirds of the way through it. Jeez. You poor soul. <laughs> Fucking love it. Fucking love Borderlands. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers Miss Marvel confirmed as six playable character. This is from Joseph Yaden at PlayStation Lifestyle. This is something they'd been kind of like teasing in the trailers and people had hypothesized about. For reference, Ms. Marvel is not Captain Marvel. It's the younger one she's inspired by. All sorts of stuff. But um, that's kind of cool to see that now that Captain America is dead, wink, 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 there's another person you can play as, and that's Ms. Marvel. I'm... The more we see of this game, the more I'm getting pumped for May. I'm pumped. And then finally, Red Dead Redemption 2. You remember that game? Coming to PC on November 5th, 2019. Exciting. I guess, yeah. Also coming to Stadia, so. Yeah. Great. Whenever that comes out, we are possibly less than a month away from that release date, and we don't know it yet. There'll be another Connect, and I'm sure in the next few weeks. I hope so. I hope it's when you say Connect. I hope it's just like you're playing Stadia with a Microsoft Connect, like Milo and this dodging the soccer balls or whatever they're doing. Probably not. Moving Probably on to not. our third party quest log. Atari partners with Ant. Oh God, sorry, I forgot this was the VCR one. And I got angry for a second. Atari partners with AntStream <laughs> responds to VCS concerns. Brendan Sinclair from GamesIndustry.biz. So there's this trash console, the Atari VCS, <laughs> that they don't know what it is, but it's going to be very expensive. You can already pay for it. It's coming out sometime next year, even though they promised it would be out this June. Um, you don't know what you'll be able to play, for, pay, play on it, but it could be 4K60. And now you also have the option for paying a $10 a month or $100 yearly subscription from AntStream to stream 50 Your favorite Atari games. streaming service. 
Right, to stream 50 Atari games directly to the VCS. This literally like $400, $500 console doesn't come with Atari games, which you can pick up a but like a disc with 100 of them for PS4 for $6 at GameStop. <laughs> or you could pay $100 a year to AntStream to stream them to your Atari VCS. This service is also going to be on PC and consoles as well. So you don't even have to buy the Atari system to get access to the streaming service. But this is where I'm confused. The VCS version will have an exclusive app, but but it's the same content. Does it have a different design? Is like what's special about it? I hate this so much. Oh, it makes me pissed. <laughs> I can't wait for this thing to come out and just see how it's finally received. We'll see. Very curious. Next, the Writers Guild of America, WGA, drops video game writing award from Sam Sant at PlayStation Lifestyle. So after more than 10 years of featuring this award at the WGA video game, or sorry, at the WGA's awards, uh, in 2020, we will not see the video game writing award. The statement from WGA says they are waiting for, quote, a critical mass of video games that present them a meaningful award selection process. Uh, a couple of people, Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog and Chet Falizek. Who is that? Let me open up that. Uh, have shared their frustrations. I, the on game, I, I know the game that he made. I just totally forgot what it was. So there have been uh, a lot of people who are very upset about this and angry about this. I think there are also a, peop- a lot of people who don't quite recognize the context or what these awards are either and how this might make sense. He made Portal and Half-Life. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, part of what these awards are is the Writers Guild of America. It's it's a union or a guild, the guild that functions similar to a union. And they award awards on writing based on things people who are in the guild have written. And not all video games are written by people in the WGA. So, it, for instance, what they said, they're waiting for a critical mass of video games to have a meaningful selection process. If some of the best games this year weren't written by people in the WGA then when they go to have their thing and they're like, all right, here are the best games and this is one best... Like, wait a minute, what about that game and that game and that game? Uh, well, we can't include that in our selection and we can't include that in our voting because it wasn't written by someone from the WGA. So I think this might just be one of those years where it's slim pickings for things that were written by their guild members and rather than saying this kind of lower tier game uh, that didn't do so hot, is the best thing written this year. <laughs> Bejeweled, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Which just kind of sucks, because if you're someone who, maybe this was your shot, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, the best games this year weren't written by WGA members, maybe that means I have a chance this year. I'm so fucking excited. And then turns out, nope, sorry, your games aren't good enough for us to hold this award even at all this year. Uh, that kind of sucks. But I get it. Yeah, I'm actually not super bothered by this story. I went in and I'm like, I went into the WGA website and I'm like, oh, like it's probably going to be like plays and all sorts of writing as well. But like, no, it's movies, movies, TV shows, and as they put it, new media, which would be like a little documentary made for YouTube. And like, video games is kind of an outlier here anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah, you play it on a screen, but it's not really the same thing. So it seems like maybe they need to have their own little organization of video game writers. Because writing for a video game is so much different than writing for a movie. Oh, yeah. Like, good video game writing might not have traditional dialogue and traditional writing that you would see in a movie. In a game, writing could just be 
the game design and how you interact with it. Like, for example, in Last of Us, this, the giraffe scene where you go to pick up Ellie, but she doesn't come over. That's not written like a screenplay. That was a game designer who's like, oh, have it go to that action just like you usually do and let the player be surprised when Ellie doesn't come over. Like, that's a different approach. And even that's a a, a closer connection to screen uh, screenplay writing to begin with than, yeah. like, say, Breath of the Wild, the feeling of going up a hill and getting that sense of adventure, which is, like, part of the story of that game. But it's not, like, the it's not a story in traditional sense you would think in a movie. So it's kind of like, I think video games are, are, are an outlier here anyway. Yeah. And to add on to that, there's also like so many different things you could be writing for. Like you could write for the dialogue. You could write for like the quest descriptions. You could write for item descriptions. You could write for audio yeah. logs you pick up. There, there are so many different places writing shows up in video games. That's a good point too. Does Fallout 4 win for best writing or does like this specific quest win for best writing so you can give that writer his due? Yeah. How does that work? Does it just like go for TV to the, shows? You got to pick an episode of the TV show to be nominated for an yeah. Emmy. Some yeah. things we got to figure out. It's an industry. Finally, yes. Final quest log for today. Sony. Sony lowers the price on PlayStation Now and adds some blockbuster titles from Peta Glagowski at Destructoid. Prices come down to nine ninety nine a month. That's uh nine ninety nine a month. $24.99 a quarter or $60 a year. That is half the cost of what it used to cost per month. A uh, little more than half of what it used to cost for a year. You could get it for 100 bucks a year. I think that is a step in the right direction for PlayStation now. Another step is they have banger titles like God of War, GTA V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4 all available on the service until January 2nd, 2020. That seems early, by the way. January 2nd. I think they want to build up some hype and get people on PlayStation Now during the Stadia launch. Interesting. When I, when at first I heard that, I was like, oh, man, that's only like two or three months. That's a, kind of a sham. But then I thought, you know, Game Pass kind of has a similar cadence, not with its first-party titles. But I remember, like, when Phantom Pain came to Game Pass, it was like, it's going to be on here for three months. Make sure you play it while it's on here. Um, I think that is a... It's great that they're finally looking to get competitive. They've, they've, as statistics have said in the past, they've been winning as far as revenue and subscriber numbers go between PlayStation Now, Xbox Game Pass, and there was something else in that study too. But in terms of mind share and things like that, I feel like Xbox Game Pass is kicking their ass. So to bring this down to a comparable $10 a month, I think is a good step in the right direction. We'll see how people take to it. I mean, they're going to have to get competitive because streaming services are about to blow up. Yep. So they got to do it. Is, whatever their strategy is for PS5 and streaming or game subscription, I think this is just uh, getting this to look more like that before they finally reveal whatever that will be. That way it's not yeah. such a dramatic shift. I also think that I, for GTA Five, it makes sense that that's going to be gone January 2nd because it's not their game. But I'm sorry, the rest of these games, God of War was just added to the PlayStation Hits, which means that yeah. it's $20 now. Same with Infamous Second Son, I think, and same with Uncharted 4. All those games are reduced price games in the PlayStation Hits um, line. They should just be included in PS Now at this point. But here's the thing. Those are also like the games of the generation, too, that if they can make 20 bucks a pop for those versus a portion of that of a $10 a month subscription, that's 
that's a lot of revenue for them versus Game Pass, where yeah, I get it. They they have all of their first party titles, but that's also like Sea of Thieves and State of Decay Two and Crackdown and all of these things that and Gears they're of not going to make twenty dollars. And Forza Gears of War was the first one that was like, holy shit, this is a uh, this is a triple A high quality amazing experience. I can't believe this is on Game Pass. But I'm pretty sure Halo's coming too, isn't it? Next year, Halo Halo's Infinite be will there. be as well. So they'll have yeah, two. So Versus all but of again, Sony's. And Forza. I think you're underestimating how much Forza sells. That's a huge franchise. Yeah. It does very well. So I, I just feel like these should be there. Because, yeah, you're right. They can make $20 off of selling that one game. Or they can make $120 keeping that person subscribed for a full year. Or well, I guess $60. Sorry. $60. Well, $60. Or they could sell four of these games a year. Or when they come out fresh, sell them for 60 bucks a pop. And yeah. they release you know, maybe one a quarter. Like, that's a lot more money I think they could get right now. Let's hold these thoughts, actually, because these kind of tie into yeah. a later conversation. I think you know where I'm going with that. So let's move on to the next thing, and we'll... Next up, we have more PlayStation 5 rumors, motherfucker. Uh, this is a, a Gizmodo article from Alex Kranz called A Story About Two Tiny Fuzzy Photos of a PlayStation 5 Prototype. A few weeks ago, we talked about a, a PlayStation 5 prototype that was... Uh, that like a a tech drawing that was part of a patent and it had a V on it and there was a developer who was like oh yeah we have one of those in our office I'm like cool now we know what the dev kit looks like um, and then this is more information about this from a source that gave info before that tech drawing was even part of the patent um, and now Gizmodo is like here are a few other pieces of information they also gave us about it um, both PS5 and Scarlet they've been talking about the Scarlet Xbox dev kit as well coming in 2020 and it was due to the delay in the amd navi chips being postponed um, but they will both feature the greatest compute jump in any console that gets me soup sweat so this is strange to me because a while ago i had done some research into the num the uh, and this is just looking at the teraflop performance at least right to jumps in teraflop performance generation per generation the biggest one so far has been again this is just pure teraflops not considering um the the hard drives that are being used like special custom motherboards that kind of stuff but he had a 40 times jump from ps2 to ps3 xbox um to xbox 360 that was a massive 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 jump so far we've heard 24 times so is there something we don't know or could this lead credence to the ps5 pro launching the same time and that's why i saying it's the biggest jump because we have the ps4 sorry ps5 pro at the same time as the regular ps5 like this made me curious yeah i have a feeling i don't know what to not, make of that statement it's not going to be apples to apples pun not intended as you'll see in a second um, but I feel like this is kind of like the difference between an Android phone and an iPhone where like iPhones have three gigabytes of Ram, but an Android phone has 94 gigabytes and 75 cores in its processor, but it still underperforms compared to the iPhone. Um, yep. so there's something else going on under the hood that we just don't know or don't understand that doesn't directly relate to teraflops. And Microsoft has talked about this when they made the Xbox one X, it's just how they customize their motherboard to be as, as efficient as possible. Right. So maybe they're doing that stuff too. Interesting. Uh, apparently, we'll ray see. tracing, which is a big buzzword for next gen, will be handled differently for each console. So Xbox will handle it differently than PS5 will. And then here's another part that I actually got more excited for than I thought I would. Each console um, 
Did it say built-in camera? Each console definitely in. features a camera. Built says built-in camera. It says built-in camera. I wonder if that's just on the dev kits or whether it has to be external on the final. Anyway, I would imagine. Know, but it seems very strange to put a play camera on the PlayStation console itself. You're going to tuck it in a cabinet. In a cabinet, exactly. So yeah, each yeah. console, the dev kit right now features a built-in camera for live streaming games. And apparently, Microsoft has the superior camera right now with better resolution and latency between the camera and gameplay. Uh, I think the latency they mentioned was like one or two frames versus... Yeah, one or two milliseconds, yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of gets me more excited than I thought. Because when you think about the reason why streaming on consoles is not up to par and not as popular as streaming on a PC, it's because you have to have so much power to not only stream the game, but then also have a separate stream of you and then also do overlays and then also do like maybe cutting between cameras and that kind of stuff. And that's all stuff that right now the PS4 and the Xbox would melt if they tried to handle all of that kind of stuff. Uh, keying out green screens, that kind of stuff. So to be able to handle all of that, I kind of want to dip our feet into streaming a little bit more. And I think this would, if it's able to offer more user-friendly, accessible tools that you don't have to know how to run OBS and that kind of shit to, to do on a high-end PC... And we can just jump on with Mixer and do both of our streams and have it look really great and professional without melting our consoles. I think that would be super cool. This is also an interesting move to because, and again, if this turns out to be true, which sounds pretty legit to me, this would be one of the first times I've seen from a console generation that, like, usually, oh, PS3, PS4 is coming out. This is really exciting because we're going to be informed as to what the future of gaming is going to look like. And this is kind of saying, hey, this has happened. We need to include this in consoles. Yeah. And it's kind of like retroactively adding these things in. Um, but it is still a huge jump for what we're going to be able to use these consoles for. And you look at like some of the trouble I've seen some people with like their like live stream setups. Like I was watching this YouTuber that I that I follow, and he's setting up a live stream, and like the audio kept getting off, and he's like working on his end to like fix it, and it's like a half hour to stream before he finally like fixed it. And this is just it'll just work. Yep. Just snap the fingers, it's gonna work. And that's that's pretty amazing. Yep. And then finally, the last part of these PS5 rumors is there is a patent from Sony for something called PlayStation Assist. This is actually something uh, our guest last week, Sony Pony, a.k.a. Dan Root, who was amazing. He's one of the most genuine, nice people in the world. Um, He sent me this article and said, hey, did you see this? PlayStation Assist, an AI-powered digital assistant doubling as a game guide from Matthew Wilson at KitGuru. So right off the bat, if you're familiar with the Google Assistant integration with Stadia, this is kind of similar, where you're playing a game and you can press the Google Assistant button and say, hey, Google... Uh, get me guides for this level in the game. And it just searches Google, finds that, brings it up, maybe shows you a video on YouTube or something like that. But this seems like it takes it a step further and might be something developers can program for where you're stuck in a level and you can say, PlayStation Assist, where's the nearest med kit? And it can find that on the map and point it out to you. Or what's the solution to this puzzle? And it will in-game kind of bring up those features as well. I love that we're getting to this point with our games and stuff like that, that we don't have to worry about breaking out a second device, going and searching, finding really shitty YouTube videos that everyone's like, hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Before we get into the video, I just want to say, hey, what's up to Stickham? <laughs> Thanks all to my friends on Stickham, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we can just be like PlayStation and the developers tell me where I'm supposed to go or what I'm 
tell me where to find this fucking super baby or <laughs> power baby to put into my eyes. <laughs> it also brings us to that whole like um in her how Weekend Phoenix is just talking to this video game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that kind of it's like is this kind of the beginning? Where eventually, like next generation, we get to that kind of stuff because the assistant has gotten smarter through people using it and talking to it for an entire console generation. That by like PS6, it can do some crazy stuff to actually like, interact with the game by talking to NPCs for reals. Craziness that's totally like out there, but yeah. and it has nothing to do with the patent that was shown off. But it could go there one day. They just need the data. They need the information. We have the technology. We can reveal him. Reveal him. (laughs) Reveal him. You said one thing weird and you didn't mean to. Don't you feel fucking stupid? Oh, I'm just kidding. I love you. Yes. Okay. Do you have anything left to say about those rumors before we jump into our main quests? No, let's go to the main quest. These are the big stories. Mm, Main quest this week. Still kind of flabbergasted from this. Sean Layden departs as PS4 crossplay arrives. So there are two things to note here. Sony, the first one, Sony veteran Sean Layden. Two separate stories. I had the feeling they're connected. <laughs> yeah. Sony veteran Sean Layden leaving PlayStation. This is from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. We simply got a tweet out of nowhere. What was this? What day of the week was this? Monday? Tuesday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Uh, there was a tweet from PlayStation on Twitter that says, quote, It is with great emotion that we announce that Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. His visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in the future endeavors and are deeply grateful for his years of service. Thanks for everything, Sean. That's it. Yeah. I love I sorry, I love when they started things with with great emotion. Good emotion? Good bad emotion, emotion? Bad emotion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean Layden has not said anything. There have been no press yeah. releases. There's been nothing outside of a tweet. We don't know, is there someone to replace him? Does this take place immediately? So we were. this happened on Monday, and it's Sunday now, and we haven't heard anything else. I assumed that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, some, we would have some kind of official follow-up from PlayStation or Sean, but we've got nothing. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, it's hard to really even have an opinion on it, because all you can do is speculate. Exactly. It's all speculation. We have no idea what's actually going on. It doesn't seem like it's a friendly, like, oh, yeah, come to the end of my road here and blah, blah, blah. We can get into some speculation we'll talk about in a minute. But it's there's nothing for us to... Uh, Not even a successor. Yeah, no successor named. There's uh, Similarly, there's... Uh, shoot, I forget who it was in Japan that just retired. Oh, yeah. At the, like the same day, that person, the head of Sony Japan or something like that, retired. But that they was didn't... his parting wish. He's like, fuck Sean Layden. Get rid of him. <laughs> That's my retirement gift. <laughs> that one was handled differently. There was a press release. They named a successor. And that happened the same day. Separately, the day after this tweet, PS4 cross-play features are reportedly out of beta and now available to all developers. This is from Matt Wales at Eurogamer. Quote, they can be utilized by any developer wishing to incorporate this feature into its games, according to CEO of SIE, Jim Ryan. So basically what it means is it's not available everywhere yet, but it's coming. As soon as developers fix their games. Right. Previously, it was in beta. It started with Fortnite last November, I think it was. Yeah, around there. Uh, And Fortnite was the only game allowed to do it. And then they slowly opened it up to, like, hey, Rocket League, you can start playing around with it if you want. And then Call of Duty Modern Warfare said, hey, we're doing it too. 
And now they're like, fine, fucking everybody, you can do it if you want. Build it into your games. We'll see when that finally comes, uh, like becomes a staple feature that we start seeing in all games. Yeah. So hold on, so, tell me how you think these are connected. So this is what I think is going on. So uh, this is 100% speculation. I yep. have nothing to back this up. Just speculation. Ever since the conversation of the next generation coming up, there's been a lot of talk of, is Sony going to fuck it up? Are they going to do five ninety nine for you know a PS5? And they're going to do something crazy because they got really arrogant in the PS4 Sorry, era. Get a second job again? Like they did yeah, the PS3? exactly. And they fixed it with PS4. And I think that they just realized they need to have a fresh PlayStation experience. So the industry was kind of aging in some ways that they weren't keeping up with, like crossplay uh, being a big one. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone, and I'm just kidding, this is speculating. I have no idea what Sean Layden's opinion is in the background. But if Sean Layden's like, no, we got to keep crossplay off our platform because that's going to keep people on PlayStation. And maybe there's just some inner turmoil inside the company of how do we adopt into this future? And things like crossplay seemed like an obvious, we have to do this, but there was resistance from people like Sean Layden. So it's like, hey, Sean, look, company's changing. You, you got to get with it or go. There's, I think there's that side of it. There's also, maybe he got picked up by someone else. Maybe he's going to Stadia too. Doubt it. But It's like, so weird, though, that if he got picked up by someone else, that there wouldn't be a transition period. Like, mm-hmm. when they announce he's leaving, it'd be like, yeah. We're so glad he was with us for 32-ish years. It was over 30 years. Yeah. But it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I really think it's just a inside the company, they want to kind of shed the old to get ready for the new. And when, especially when you're coming up to a new console generation, that's really important. I don't think Sony wants to fuck up PS5 like they fucked up PS3. They have such a head start with user base and PS4 that if PS5 is fucking insanely killer and the messaging is insanely killer and pro gamer they will outwin microsoft's pro gamer approach because microsoft is catching up with the exclusives microsoft is kind of uh ushering in this pro gamer mindset that nintendo and sony haven't really had to the extent that microsoft has it they know they have to to keep up if they can have similar messaging as Microsoft, in terms of we love the gamer, we're doing these things for the gamer, cross-play is available to everyone, because just be a gamer wherever you want to be. If Sony has a conversation next year, it kind of negates Microsoft saying the same things. Yeah. And that kind of then puts Sony in a favorable, favorable light when they're already, I mean, not just ahead, they're, you know, over-doubled the numbers that Microsoft has output this year for Xbox. So, like, it just puts them in a really good place. And to sacrifice Sean Layden to do it, I, I, that sounds like a smart move to me. Not that Sean Layden did that. I don't know if Sean Layden was resistant to crossplay. I have no idea. So I'm going to give you some context and some information on that. Okay. Um, so right off the bat, in general, Jim Ryan for a while, uh, who is the person who talked about the PS4 crossplay feature, has generally yeah. been more in favor of moving towards a services-based future. He's the one who's been championing PlayStation Now, which makes sense with the day after Sean Layden leaves, PlayStation now gets a price cut of 50%. Uh, He's also been much more trying to push the idea of making games a service versus the single player experience that Sean Layden has really been kind of spearheading. So Sean Layden Mm -hmm. as head of Worldwide Studios has been like, no, we're going to make God of War. We're going to make Spider-Man. We're going to make The Last of Us, these single player focused experiences of really great quality games. And when it comes to cross-play in particular, Jim Ryan 
is the one who made the first official announcement about Sony's not doing crossplay because of the kids. We got to make sure the kids are safe from all the people on Nintendo and Xbox. Jim Ryan was the one who made that statement. This is what <laughs> Sean Layden said a little bit afterwards uh, to an, in an interview with Game Lab. He said, I thought it was fascinating you talking about PlayStation 3 flying too close to the sun. Your Icarus moment, you called it. And then PlayStation 4 coming back to be more, coming back to be more back to basics, to be about the players. But there seems an issue at the moment that Sony isn't listening to its players or doesn't seem to be. And that's crossplay, Fortnite particularly. And I wondered if there were any plans to open it up. It seems that Sony's not listening. Sorry, that was the interviewer to Sean Layden. Sean Layden says, we're hearing it. We're looking at a lot of the possibilities. You can imagine that the circumstances are that the circumstances around that affect a lot more than just one game. I'm confident we'll get to a solution which will be understood and accepted by our gaming community while at the same time supporting our business. Still a little bit more of a non-answer, but it's more hopeful and like we're trying, we're looking at solutions than no, we can't do it because we want to protect our kids. Which is the stupidest reason. It was so stupid. So traditionally, like, it, the understanding has been Sean Layden has been more in favor of crossplay, mm-hmm. but he's had to be a mouthpiece for Jim Ryan, who was against it. Um, so, again, just more context for us to speculate No, around. that's really good context. That kind of, like, that's so strange. Maybe this, like, the last thing he did was push for crossplay then, and then he... This is really strange. There was something else that came out. Fuck. What, it was in a... Uh, what article was it? There was an article from something. Maybe it was GameIndustry.biz about how apparently a developer was talking about there was butting heads between the executives in Europe, Jim Ryan and um, and Sean Layden, and all of these guys around what the next generation was going to be and all this kind of stuff. And that it had been... For developers, it's the most confusion they've had going into a console launch for a, in a long time. Like, people don't know what some of the features will be. There are uh, lots of secrecy around it, and they're like, this is coming out next year, probably, knock on wood, uh, and we don't know what's going on. So I, I wish I could remember the specifics of it. Um, but there's that going on, and then I totally lost my train of thought. Fuck a duck. Confusion going to the next generation, Jim Ryan versus Sean Layden. Oh, and then there's the thing, what's really puzzling to me too, is that Sean Layden was just starting to, he's really only been um, head of Worldwide Studios for a short time. It was right after Jack Tretton left in 2017, I think it was. 2018, I thought. 2018? Yeah, just over a year. So it hasn't been too long. He established PlayStation Studios and was going to head that project up. They just got Uncharted the movie under PlayStation Studios for for movies. And now he's just gone in the blink of an eye. It is so mysterious. And I just... I want want the Kotaku, Jason Schreier... Just 2014, actually. When Jack Triton left. No. Yeah. And uh, here it is. In early March 2014, it was announced that Trenton would step down from his position at the end of the month, citing mutual agreement between himself and SCAA not to renew his contract. He was succeeded by Sean Layden. Dang. Interesting. That's a lot earlier than I thought. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's, so it's, it's so fascinating that as in his time through it, oh, 
He was CEO of PlayStation from 2010 through 2016 when he finally took on his most recent role as chairman of SIE World Studios in 2016, apparently. I don't know. That was from GameIndustry.biz that I just read that from. Anyway. Wikipedia. So, so fascinating that all of this is happening at once right as he's really starting to establish himself. Another thought I had before all of this like frustration with developers and butting heads and, and where they're going with PS5 services versus single player games, all that kind of stuff, was PlayStation, like this is a good time to sunset your career. You have the most successful console in a long time. It, it's just crossed 100 million units. Uh, you're looking to go into a next generation. You have so many game of the year of winners and nominees. And it's like, I've had a good run. Let's close it while I'm ahead and let PS5 be someone else's kind of journey and story. Uh, so like, oh, maybe he's just like found a good moment. But then as things started unrolling and we haven't seen follow-ups or official statements, I'm like, it's got to be more nefarious than that. Yeah. It also could be a situation of like maybe there was uh... – not I'm not placing blame or anything like that or accusing of anything. There was like a HR incident or something like that that occurred in the background. They had to get rid of him or something like that. Like who knows? It could literally be anything. I'm not accusing him of anything nefarious. I'm just it, saying the, like we, yeah, it could literally, literally be anything. Yeah, we've, it could literally be anything. Um, but if it were something HR related, do you think? Do you think we would have even seen this tweet from PlayStation? Yeah. With great emotion that we announced he's leaving. Thanks for everything. We wish him success in his future endeavors. I don't think we would get something that positive from PlayStation. That's true. Yeah. So they just would have been like, he had to leave. He'll or... be greatly missed. All those times he slapped us on the ass and called us toots. <laughs> we'll miss you. He didn't do any of that, by the way. Well, we don't know. He might have. We don't know. If PlayStation would say something, we could stop making shit up about him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really bewildered by this. And I, I honestly haven't seen anything, like any take that's been like, oh, that's definitely the one that happened. It's yeah. really bizarre. One of those things where in a year we'll find out what actually happened. I hope so. I hope we Both find out we... something before next week. If we go all the way, what if we never hear anything about this again? Well, let's let's be frank here. Uh, what do we know about Kojima leaving Konami? What do we really know about that still? Not much. Not much. Other than there was a trailer about it at, <laughs> at uh, the uh, from Jeff Keighley at the most recent awards thing that he did. Well, that was just him kissing his ass. That's all that was. <laughs> In 20-whatever, Kojima wasn't allowed to come to the Game Awards, so we gave him another award, and now there's a trailer about it. <laughs> I think the big thing here is that PlayStation is changing. Yeah, there's something going on at PlayStation. Big, big changes. Yeah. Could be for the better, as we see, you know, PlayStation Now and crossplay opening up. Could be for the worse. Wonder got to protect too. your kids. <laughs> <laughs> All those predators on the Nintendo Switch platform. <laughs> crossplay in Fortnite with our kids. Oh man, yeah. Anyway, All right. Moving on to our last couple segments, starting with Ryan's subscriber interrogatives. Dustin Excellence Hill. Oh, was that a you or a him? Hmm? Did you add excellence or did he add excellence? Oh, I added excellence. Nice, nice. I love that he has a different E emoji in the middle of his name on Twitter every every week. I think this week is like literally a piece of mail, like it was email. Uh, it was eggs a couple weeks ago. Anyway, Dusty says, because I'm on a roll, hashtag Ryan subscriber interrogative, what's the perfect or favorite either or 
spooky game, spooky video game. I have three. Go. In no particular order, uh, Resident Evil Two just is still in my mind. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so very good. spoopy. Very, very spoopy. Last of Us is not necessarily a survival horror game, even though it's kind of exactly what it is well, at the same time. it's kind of exactly a survival horror game. <laughs> yeah, but you don't think of it as a survival horror game. At least for me, I don't really think of it that way. But it is. You've got to choose between death. crafting three bullets or a health kit to heal your wounds. Yeah, so. yeah. It just, I don't know. It just kind of feels like it transcends that genre. Anyway, uh, Dead Space as well. Those are kind of my, my three oh, favorite fuck, horror yeah. games. yeah. Oh, I forgot about Dead Space. Dead Space is Dead always Space. an afterthought, but then I'm always like, God, I miss that game. I really want them to remake it. Or not remake it, but like bring it to PS4 in some way. I want to play the game again so badly. Yeah. Ugh, Resident so Evil good. 2, fucking scary shit. Love it. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7 in VR especially, terrifying. Literally shouting at the top of my lungs while playing it. Um, and then Dead Space. Yeah. Damn, you had a great lineup. Great fucking lineup. Last of Us is good, but I don't know if I would call it a sp- like the perfect spooky video game. A game that that's I've been... why I, that's why I have a hard time considering it sort of a horror because it's not really it, it is a horror story, but like it's not a horror story at the yeah. same time. It's it transcends it, but it is there are some very uh, high tense moments that I thought were scary in that game. Yeah, a game that I find too scary to play. Outlast. I think I've said it a few times. Not that you to defend yourself. Exactly. If if it's yeah. scary and I can't defend myself. This, it's it's too much. I can't take it. If I'm just pointing my camera at something and I had the option of hiding or running away, too scary. Can't play it. Uh, apparently, really Blair Witch is similar light. to that. Not too. Dying Light. Outlast. You just said that. Outlast. I don't know why I just said Dying Light. That's not what I meant. Mm, nope. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. No. Oh, God. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, do you remember Marcel the Shell? Marcel the Shell with shoes on? I do, Jenny Slate. Was that Jenny Slate? It's Jenny Slate, yeah. Hi, my name is Marcel. Oh, oh God, I shouldn't have said that. I do that all the time. My name is Marcel, and I'm a shell. <laughs> Guess what I use for a hang glider? A Dorito. <laughs> God, it's so cute. If you haven't watched that, you should go watch it. Thank you, Dusty Hill, for that subscriber interrogative. If any of you would like to ask us a question, pose a threat, or anything like that, reach out to us on Twitter at RespawnNameFire. Please send us a threat. We'll read it. That'd be really funny, actually. <laughs> RespawnNameFire at gmail.com. Uh, two things. I want to wrap on Game on Game Show. So I want to talk about something very exciting next. We have things that we play every month called BARF. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. We've mentioned this already. This month, it's Metal Gear Solid. Holden's playing it for the first time. I'm playing it for like the third time, but really as a refresher because I don't remember much about it. Uh, We're playing that. You can go to patreon.com slash respawnaimfire to vote on what we play next. Two things. uh, One thing about that. We're putting out a poll this week about what game of the year contenders or really great games this year we might have missed so that we can play those for November and December. And then second thing is, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get the option to play with us every week on game night. And for the next four weeks, all of October, we're playing Destiny New Light. Destiny 2 New Light. So excited because everyone gets this for free now as of this week. So everyone should have it. We're playing on PlayStation 4. Uh, If you've played it previously on another console but you have a PS4, you can cross progression. You can move that character over, which is super cool. 
but here's how it's going to work. We put a tweet out about it yesterday, and it blew up, and everyone's so excited. Uh, so if you're a Patreon subscriber at $1 or above, you can play with us every Thursday night. We tweet out the time. Usually it's about 6 p.m. PT. But here's what it's going to be. Holden's playing through the game for the first time. The first the time. The first time. He's never had sex with Destiny 2. <laughs> uh, so Holden's playing for, for the first time on game nights for the month of October. There are two that I'm going to miss because I'm traveling for work. Uh, but I'll be there for the other two. If you want to play with Holden on those missions, you absolutely can. You can take a, an overpowered character that you already have. You can start a new character with him and kind of work through the campaign of Destiny with him. And then, on November 7th, and however many game nights it takes us from there, we're squatting up with our squad of six. We might have to do two squads and kind of talk in party chat. Um, and we are going to attempt the Leviathan raid. I've never done a raid before. Holden, I don't think you ever did a raid on Destiny 1. You've obviously never done it on 2. There are a lot of people I know out there who have played Destiny and love the game, but still have never done a raid. I think it's going to be super fun to do it with these group of people. There are so many people who have shown interest in this that on our our weekly game nights, uh, I think what we're going to end up doing is we'll go through the missions at the same time with each other. So, like, we'll all play Mission 4. Uh, but we'll have to split up into three-person fire teams. We'll all be on party chat on our Discord. I think Discord will always be, from now on, our default for party chat. We're going to do that. We might switch up every single mission. Maybe we juggle the teams and switch them up so that we can all have a chance to play with everyone. Um, that's going to be super cool. So, if you're a fan of Destiny, or if you've never played it before, you own a PS4, and you have a dollar, every week this month, go play through the campaign with Holden and me on some weeks of Destiny 2. And then mark your calendars for November 7th when we will attempt our first playthrough of the raid. And if we have to stop halfway through the raid and then pick it back up the next week, we will do that as well. I'm so fucking pumped, Holden. I've been wanting to play Destiny. I can't tell. I love Destiny just to play through the campaign. I've never done any, like, afterwards. I've always, like, bought the first expansion and then never played it and dropped off, whatever. But I had a ton of fun. Sounds like you love it. I had a ton of fun playing through it. I think I remember talking about on this podcast destiny one tom and i played it literally every single day for like a month and a half every day we would come home we would do the weekly challenge we would do a strike we would go through fucking run around the moon for <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour collecting fucking <laughs> spin metal or whatever it was um and then it just dropped off and the destiny 2 played through the whole campaign had a blast dropped off i'm excited to get back into it and if this is fun enough with groups maybe we move on to shadow keep i don't know what that's exciting that's what we're doing for the month of october and starting in november let's wrap up the show with game on game show the game on our gaming show called game on where we play a game on a gaming show game on game 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 we have oh i forgot to do a fifth one. Oh well we're doing now flesh it out now flesh it out a returning segment where we take two games mash them up and see what that game mashup might look at, look like we have four pairs because apparently i forgot to make a fifth one Uh-oh. let's talk about what Dragon Quest crossed with Metroid might look like. Dragon I Quest actually, and Metroid. Would it be a like a Metroid RPG? I would play the fuck out of a Metroid RPG. It'd be it's, like a single character RPG, though. Would you have like teammates that you bring along with you? Oh, isn't there... In Super Metroid, isn't there a Metroid that like follows becomes you. your friend? It follows you. It kind of gets attached to you, and 
that's in um, um, Samus Returns. Is it in Samus Returns? Yeah. I, I would love, like, Super Mario RPG style when, like, Bowser is now your friend. And you Gino and Mallow or whatever the fuck. If you just, like, find random-ass characters, like, a Metroid joins you and is like, my name is Greg. And so you have Greg the Metroid. There has to be a Metroid named Greg. <laughs> I would play the fuck out of that. Especially because you can equip different weapons. You've got all the, like the ice mm-hmm. beam. You've got the charge shot. Oh, Holden. The charge shot. Like, hold on. For like, hey, all right, I'm doing my charge shot. I have to wait a turn before I can <gasps> fire it out. Like a limit charge. Break. Yeah, like a limit break in Final Fantasy VII. Where, like, it builds up over time, and then you can, like, f- fucking blow the shit out of everybody sexually. <laughs> Just go up to every big new copy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got out of hand really quickly. <laughs> oh, man. Zero I would love to that. 175. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Oh, Lord, I want that. Cool. The Metroid RPG. Metroid RPG. Next up, we've got Wipeout. The car racing thingy, features the car racing thingy, with Metro, Last Light 2033, Exodus. Um, This is is what it is. It is just a racing game in the Metro world where you're in, like, broken down vans in the desert, like... <laughs> oh, just not even going that fast. Like, just trying to go as fast as you can. But you can't even go that fast. Well, it's it's Metro, which is about you know subway tunnels. What mm. if it's just like a giant subway labyrinth map, and you have to like upgrade your subway car? That's a janky piece of shit in the post-apocalyptic world, and you got to like race your subways to a certain area of town. Could do that, yeah. yeah or vans on the desert, you. whatever. There's, so there, you haven't I played Exodus. Exodus. There's deserts and shit and vans. Well, in Exodus, you're only in the subway for like the first mission, and that's it. All right. Yeah, and it's all open areas. So yeah, or you just have train lines. You're just making your train go super fast. But you have like, uh, if you do the vans though, you have other people in the vans, and it's like Mario Kart Double Dash. Mm-hmm. You're like throwing like Molotov cocktails at the other vans and shit. That's like a badass racer. Oh. And like mm. after after you finish a race, you have to scavenge for resources to fix your van again. You know what you're describing? Mad Max the video game. Is that what it is? That almost all of that is exactly Mad Max the video game. Oh, racing through game. the desert and pieces of shit that you get weapons like Molotov cocktails and chains that you can shoot at other things and rope them in and spiky wheels. Yeah. So the intersection of Metro and Wipeout is Mad Max. That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, speaking of, have you finally like? Stop waffling and decided to definitively make that my game that I have to play this year. Well, we're going to put it into the game of the year contenders because I think we're doing separate lists for. We are, yes. For, yeah, I thought you had mentioned you wanted to put it in yours. I don't. I don't. I don't care. I will play the game no matter what. Versus having someone vote that I might play the game. Yeah, we'll do it that way. We'll have put it in the vote. Okay. So then you still have a game that I have to play by the end of the year as a a thing that you. Can I, mean, I don't have to choose one. You don't I have just, to. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Whatever. <laughs> Next up, Wii Sports crossed with Mario. Is Sonic and Mario in the Olympics? That's what is that it, is. Oh, yeah. I guess kind of. Yeah. There we go. We figured it out. Oh, it exists already. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo made it. Did you? No, you didn't. Are you familiar with on NES... There's a game, I think it's just called Track and Field. 
and it had a big mat that you lay out and plug into the Nintendo system. That's, that's awful already. And it's it's just different Olympic activities, like hurdles, and, th- and you're just running on the mat in place, and then you jump to jump over a hurdle in the game, and when you <laughs> land, that's how high you jumped. You could definitely, and you're right, that's just Sonic and Mario, but I, I feel like Wii Sports, you need some kind of active peripheral with it. Is that part of Mario and so, Sonic at the Olympic Games? I mean, they made different versions of them. They had one for the Wii, so I assume. I've never played them before, so I assume I they either. have voice controls. But let's say it's not that. And it's really just Mar- <laughs> it's just Mario and Luigi boxing with each other. And you can like bruise like Luigi's eye when you punch him and shit. Like, <laughs> just beat the shit out of each other. Yep, I'm into that. Or using like boxing that mat that you run on to play through a 2D Mario level, but in first person. Like jumping up the stairs, jumping on a duck, punching a Koopa in the face. Ooh. I'd play I'd, I guess I would have to be more like a VR game. Wouldn't have to be, but that stuff is better in VR. Mm. 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 I'm into yeah. it. Next up, and finally, Beat Saber crossed with Halo. Now, I cheated because I've already thought about this one because it was such a great idea. But you can have something different if you want. I'm just thinking this. It'd be the slowest version of Beat Saber ever with... (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right. No. One. Waiting. Wait. Okay, here's another one. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I want dual energy swords in your hands to replace the Beat Sabers. I want it to be a Halo soundtrack. I want all of that. And then I want it to be, instead of like notes having to cut them in certain ways coming at you, it's your, it's like an on-rails endless runner almost. And there are enemies coming at you from either side. And grunts you have to kill a certain way. Maybe you stab them in the stomach. And elites, maybe you have to cut off their head. And so there's like whatever enemies coming at you at the time, you have to kill them in a different way with the energy swords. I would play the fuck out of that game. Mostly I think, just honestly, for the soundtrack. I think just keeping it simpler, why has this been done before? Beat Saber, with instead of having like musical artists do music from games and have like a Halo music pack. The Legend of Zelda music pack. Probably just because of licensing. Just figure it out. Oculus and PlayStation and all this figure stuff. That, figure that shit out. So was Guitar Hero. That was in everything. They had... They'd, music still they have music they didn't have like nintendo music or xbox music you're right nintendo would be like it's ten thousand dollars per track per console exactly <laughs> but what if we had like third party games music do third party yeah. games even have good music <laughs> final fantasy there you go that's theater rhythm final fantasy mm-hmm. theater rhythm so the intersection of final fantasy and beat saber is theater rhythm yep I'm going to download that game. Is that still available on iOS? Fuck Apple Arcade. I'm just going to play that now. Theater Rhythm? Yeah. Because it was a, a DS, DS game, game, and it was also on iOS, because I played it on my iPad. Oh, I didn't know that. Fascinating Interesting. Mm, I don't see it. Oh. Or maybe I'm just spelling it wrong. Oh, well, I'll look it That's up That's also possible. How do you spell theater rhythm? That's so stupid. E-R? Is it all one word, like smushed together like a portmanteau? Theater rhythm? Theatrhythm? I don't know. The, I don't know these things. I don't know. I don't know. 
That's it for Game on Game Show, and that's it for our episode this week. Again, play Destiny 2, New Light with us on PS4 starting this week on Thursday, uh, all the way through the month of October. One dollar or more a month gets you the ability to play with us, even if we have to play with multiple fire teams through the campaign, but still chat and party chat together. I think that'd be super fun. Um, play Metal Gear Solid. Even if you're not a Patreon subscriber, play Metal Gear Solid. Send us your thoughts about the game at the end of the month. Whether you liked it, whether you didn't like it, whether you played it a lot in the past and you have a cool story about it, whether you uh, made out with the back of the CD jewel case. I don't know. And then finally, if you want dope wallpapers, you can also go to our patreon.com slash respawnamefire page. At that same $1 tier, you get a bunch of cool stuff. And you get all the past month's wallpapers as well. Boom. That's it for today. And until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Ack! <laughs>